sounded small and plaintive. The walls seemed to breathe in the words. They would keep the secret until she told Cal. I'm late, she repeated, and willed her voice to stay steady. She'd have to tell him soon, and like this. She could not be freaked out. She would have to declare it, as she would any fact. Frida pulled the last bead across the abacus. It would be pleasurable, she thought to pluck the wire from the frame and let the beads fall. She would pop one in her mouth and suck on it like a candy. But then she wouldn't have the abacus. She put the thing down and sifted through the briefcase for something better. The other artifacts wouldn't do. Not the device, nor the matchbook, nor the ripped shower cap she couldn't stand to part with. Not her mother's handwritten cake recipes, already memorized and useless out here not the box of antique pencils, nor her bottle of perfume, halfway empty. She knew what she wanted. Unlike the other objects, the turkey baster had been new. She'd brought it with them precisely because they hadn't had one in LA. It was something different, a simple object to mark a before and an after. She had liked the idea of using it at Thanksgiving, although she hadn't been sure they'd celebrate that anymore. She didn't think there would be turkeys here, and she'd been right. Thanksgiving, that holiday was so quaint in her memory, it felt like something from a storybook. Once upon a time, Goldilocks ate herself silly. Frida couldn't hold herself back any longer, and pulled the baster out of the briefcase. It was stored in old Christmas wrapping paper, printed with gingerbread men and mistletoe, and she unwrapped it slowly. She had last looked at the baster a few weeks ago, and she had taken care to put it back properly. It could not be damaged. At the store, Frida had so much fun playing with the turkey baster, squeezing its plastic bulb so that the air farted out the glass tip. Frida had wondered if they might use it to try to get pregnant someday. Their own ad hoc fertility treatment. It was funny, how that had been on her mind even then. But no, Frida thought now. She wasn't pregnant, couldn't be. She'd stopped thinking about it. The baster had been on sale. The store, like so many others, was going out of business. When the first of them perished, it had seemed impossible. A chain like that, people had said. When she was younger, Frida used to go there with her friends to marvel at all the useless necessities. The soy sauce receptacles, the tiny mother of pearl spoons, the glass pitchers. Even then, she didn't know anyone who could afford such things. When she turned 13, she spent all of her birthday money on a single cloth napkin. Her mother would have killed her had she known. Things weren't dire then, not yet, but times were tough and Frida could imagine her mother decrying such waste. Frida had stored the napkin in the pocket of a coat she never wore. But on her last visit, at 26, she was no longer that same stupid little girl. Or so she told herself. The place had been ransacked. Frida still remembered the starkness of the floodlights. They ran on a generator in the corner, illuminating the remaining coves of products, which were jumbled together in plastic bins. The register was by the entrance, and the girl who worked there accepted gold only, and not jewelry. It had to be melted down already. 
Frida couldn't conjure the girl's face anymore, but she did remember her eyeliner. How had she gotten her hands on eyeliner? Perhaps it was an old stick of her mother's, gone to crayon at the back of the medicine cabinet. She could have sold it, if she wanted to, but she hadn't. The girl was barely 18, more likely 16. The place shut down a week later, didn't even make it to Christmas. By the following spring, Frida was celebrating her 27th birthday in an empty apartment, their belongings packed and ready by the door. She'd wanted to spend one more in LA. She'd been born there after all. Cal couldn't argue with that. Frida held the baster by its plastic bulb, lifting it above her head. She imagined the store had probably gone feral soon after they left, like the rest of the businesses at that stupid outdoor mall. The Grove, it was called.